0: What's going on man welcome back to the basement i'm ron and i've been getting some comments lately i've been reading your guys comments saying that i'm not going deep enough i'm only covering the early round players guess what we're only in the first week of august we're gonna get deeper we're gonna get into those sleepers we're gonna get into the guys i like in the middle rounds we got plenty of time for me to cover my favorite players so i figured today let's go dumpster diving we're gonna be looking at those rookie wide receivers i talked about in last week's video where i went over wide receivers that are rookies outside the top 100 picks versus sophomore wide receivers outside the top 100 picks. We found that we want to be targeting the rookie wide receivers in that range. We want to be targeting this year's Claypool, Higgins, CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Ayuk. We want to hit on one of those wide receivers late that could really give us a league winning season. And we're at a huge advantage here because me, you, if you've been subscribed to the channel for a long time, you know that we cover draft season. We do dynasty content. So we know which one of these rookie wide receivers are talented and which ones aren't. So that's going to be a huge advantage for us in our home leagues and any leagues that we're playing. And if you want that edge, man, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like, turn the notification bell on so you know when I post videos. Let's go over my three of my favorite targets in 2021. Let's go. On, song, singer, suspended, subpoena, from Mr. Meaners, dreamer, still I still now, before we get into the steak and potatoes of this video, let's go over a little article by Pat Corrine. I think that he he came out with a really solid and informative piece here when we're talking about wide receivers that are rookies and what we're really looking for from those guys. And he basically breaks down that we don't want to be chasing volume. We want to be chasing talent. And I think that that is huge because on the surface, I think a lot of guys, when we're, when we're drafting in redraft, especially, we want rookie wide receivers that are top two on their depth chart. We want them to be on the field. But if you remember from last year, we had Justin Jefferson. He was wide receiver three on his own team on the depth chart behind Ola B.C. Johnson. We had Jalen Rager go into an empty wide receiver room and sucked. And the way that Pat Corrine shows this is I'm going to read this little blurb here about routes run among these rookie wide receivers. He said since 2017, wide receivers drafted in the top 40 of best ball ADP have averaged 34 routes per game. However, 17 of the 18 rookies to finish top 20 in win rate ran less than 34 routes per game. Only Brandon Ayuk had an above-average role as a rookie. Rookies, even league-winning rookies like Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin, and Juju Smith-Schuster, have not been big-volume options over the course of their rookie seasons. Even the high-volume Ayuk only ran 36 routes per game, still well below 2020 veteran options with middling results like McLaurin, Smith-Schuster, Marvin Jones, and Michael Gallup. It seems clear that even elite rookie wide receiver seasons are not the result of elite volume. Then he highlights how... You're getting a higher yards per out run, which is a really good efficiency metric for these wide receivers from rookie wide receivers as opposed to veteran wide receivers late. And you're getting them at a fraction of the cost. So then he says, furthermore, when thoroughly considering the argument that we draft rookies as a bet on increasing roles, these efficiency numbers make perfect sense. Which wide receivers are more likely to see their usage spike, the ones who are playing well or the ones who are playing poorly? Simply put, projected volume is not our top priority when targeting rookie wide receivers. Even to the extent that volume is driving rookie win rates, it is largely because these players are earning more and more volume throughout the season due to stronger than expected play. And I'll link that article down below, but I just wanted to say that we wanna target the best prospects with the most talent, not the ones we think have roles immediately. That's a that's a big trap I think a lot of people fall into. We just wanna target the good players. Now, I think the guy who fits that perfectly is Terrace Marshall. He was a second round pick for the Carolina Panthers and he's the perfect fit because he has this archetype where you're betting on talent, not situation here, and you're getting that discount. You're getting him in the late 11th round on underdog fantasy football, and you're probably getting him a lot later than that in your home leagues. Terrace Marshall has all the upside in the world because he has that talent. I personally had him before draft capital was even factored in. I had him as my pre-draft wide receiver two. I thought that he was that good. Uh, Eventually, Rashad Bateman goes first round. He goes second round, so they swap. So he's my wide receiver three in this draft class. You're getting, you're getting a discount where you can draft him as like the wide receiver six in this class. Now, when we talk about him as a prospect, he broke out at age 19, which we love to see. We want to see a guy break out as a freshman or as a sophomore and then get an early declare. And he did all of that while also being behind a depth chart with, wait for it, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. The guy the guy had all the studs in the world on his depth chart and he still looked fine. He also tested as a physical freak, 6'2", 205, runs a 4'4". And we want that alpha size because that offers us the most upside, those big wide receivers, they can score touchdowns, they can command a lot of targets, you know, that alpha type wide receiver, that's what Justin Jefferson is, Claypool, all those guys. He's really good at scoring touchdowns. He scored 13 TDs in 12 games on the same team as Jefferson and Chase. Then the next year as the lone wide receiver at OSU, he scored 10 touchdowns in seven games. The guy is a red zone monster, and it's kind of what the Panthers have been lacking. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore only scored seven touchdowns each last year, and the Panthers have been bottom five in passing. TDs the last five years. Now, obviously, I'm not going to sit here and say that Darnold is the second coming of Jesus Christ, and he's going to be the tie to list all boats in this offense. But touchdowns aren't sticky year to year. Maybe Sam Darnold kind of doesn't look as bad as he was in New York. And he can kind of right the ship ever so slightly. All I'm saying is that we could see the touchdown passing rate for the Panthers bounce back a little bit. And I think Marshall's red zone efficiency could probably fix that a little bit. Now going to the opportunity part, Terrace Marshall is buried behind DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Christian McCaffrey. But this is a team that just supported three top 28 wide receivers and an RB1. And I think Terrace Marshall absorbs some of the Curtis Samuel role. And they don't have a clear tight end. They have Ian Thomas, they have Dan Arnold, I don't think either of those guys are going to be used heavily in this offense. So I think Marshall's going to play this big slot role and be a red zone weapon. So he's going to be kind of like a hybrid tight end big slot. And I think that that's really interesting especially because him and oc joe brady on the panthers have a connection they were they worked together at lsu when they won the national championship so there's a world out there where joe brady schemes some red zone looks he's a really good talent that we didn't account for he's scoring touchdowns he's looking good in the slot especially with dj moore and robbie anderson taking a lot of the the coverage a lot of the resources of the defense and Terrace marshall reminds me a lot of chase claypool last year you know he he's a guy who is big explosive second round rookie, somebody that's going a little bit slept on in redraft at this point, but I think that he could easily lead the Panthers in receiving touchdowns this year. And I don't think that that's that bold of a take. Next up, we're going to talk about Rondale Moore, second round draft pick out of Purdue. He goes to the Cardinals. And look, I love Elijah Moore, but Elijah Moore and Rondale Moore are very similar players, very similar tier of prospect, in my opinion. And I love Elijah Moore. He just got hurt. So that kind of does hurt Elijah Moore a little bit, but assuming Elijah Moore was healthy, I preferred Rondale Moore at price because you could just get his cheaper twin 25 picks later. And Rondale Moore is really exciting because he has this profile where his only concern is size, but the beauty is, of that is in redraft. You can put him on your bench and if the size isn't a problem, we'll know right away that he's a stud. He has that kind of prospect profile, especially because in college, he came in there as an 18-year-old. He produced on day one. I think Rondale Moore is the kind of guy where if he comes out there, the size isn't an issue. He's so dynamic. He's so explosive where on day one, he will look like a good wide receiver. In his freshman year at Purdue, he put up 114 catches, 1,258 yards, 12 touchdowns through the air with 21 carries, 213 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns as an 18-year-old freshman in the Big Ten. At 5'9", 170 pounds, he did that. He's just It's just a, a wild stat line at that age, at that size. And I think that he could be that kind of difference maker, anomaly type guy in the NFL. Now, the rest of his stats, if you look at the screen... They're not that pretty, but he only played seven more games after his freshman season because he already had his draft capital cemented. You know, he was already a second round pick. And then on top of that, he had some like precautionary leg injuries. I don't know. They held him out. It was like a hamstring injury. And then it's like, why why play the rest of the season? The COVID thing happened. So that kind of screwed up the rest of his draft profile. But he still goes second round. He's dynamic. He's dynamic. And what really sticks out is he's almost a, a running back. He's like a mini running back. He's 5'7", 181 pounds, and he's just a freak athlete. He runs a four three seven. He also finished in the 94th percentile or better in burst and agility testing. And he has this kind of all-purpose skill set that I think really fits well in this Cardinals offense. You know, Kingsbury was brought in to be this guru, air raid guy. But I think what people don't understand is that Cliff Kingsbury kind of sucks like he isn't that great at play calling and it's it's more instead of it being like this vertical air raid or whatever it's more horizontal and shallow you know a lot of screens a lot of check downs a lot of uh, you know it's just not it's not super creative but it is a lot of get your guy in space out there and that's what you want for rondale moore Rondale moore won't be playing in deandre hopkins role but we can see on this reception perception chart that there's a lot of slants a lot of curls a lot of screens a lot of stuff in the in the short areas of the field. And that's why Rondale Moore has like a, a nine yards per reception in college. He had one of the lowest A dots. He he operates in that range. And this is where Rondell Moore really eats. This is what Matt Harmon said in reception perception for Rondale Moore. He said, What you really want to do with Moore is get him the ball as quickly as possible on those flats, slants, and screens. That's where the fireworks happen. Moore was in space on an absurd 20% of his routes and went down on first contact on just 42.2% of those opportunities. He's like a bowling ball that's been lit on fire in the open field. That dangerous ability is not only a blast to watch, it's a perfect finishing touch to add on an innovative offensive coach's well-designed system. Now, I don't think that this is some groundbreaking innovative system like he was saying, but I think that he fits. He's gonna be probably in the either in the slot, he's gonna be out wide. This is also an offense that uses a lot of wide receivers and they run a lot of pass plays. Christian Kirk, AJ Green are both there, but I think Rondell Moore, even if he's the wide receiver four on the depth chart, that's not a big deal because one, they rotate wide receivers, and two, they run the most plays out of three and four wide receiver sets in the NFL. Rondell Moore is going to get his opportunity to show what he can do in space from, you know, on week one, they might just scheme him a, a bubble screen. And he could take it to the crib. He's going to get his opportunity, and he's going to pop. Now, if we want to go even deeper, we're going to talk about Diami Brown, third round pick out of UNC, for the Washington football team. And he's going deep, man. He's going 15 3 on underdog as the wide receiver 80. And I imagine he probably goes undrafted in your home leagues. And this is because Brown doesn't have an easy path to targets. You know, he has Cam Sims in his way. He has Adam Humphries in the way. But also, let me, let me say those names one more time. He has Adam Humphreys in the way. He has Cam Sims in the way. I mean... That's not an impossible depth chart to rise up. Those guys are, are kind of scrubs. I get that they're, you know, they're like, you know, Adam Humphreys is this like glue slot guy, but let's say in a vacuum where Diami Brown is a really good player, like a Terry McLaurin level third round pick, shouldn't have gone in the third round. He'll beat out those guys. We got to remember the thesis with these rookie wide receivers, especially as we get later it's these guys are an unknown entity. And if they're undeniable, they'll get on the field and they'll play efficiency efficiently. That's what we're going to see with Diami Brown. And if you have him on the bench, you can just turn him out there. You can just okay, he doesn't do anything in the first two weeks. Okay, throw him back out into the water. Now, his prospect profile was pretty good. He was a third round pick, he broke out at age 19. And he was crazy efficient. That's what we're looking for. These guys who are really efficient, he averaged over 20 yards per reception and posted a top 10 yards per reception in his last two seasons. That's a really good skill set to fit with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's like a baby Wolf Fuller. He operates at a, at a deep threat. He wins at high rates on, on all vertical routes, on reception, perception, on the nine route, on the post route, on the corner. He looks great on all that stuff. And if he can find his way into that flanker role on the outside with Curtis Samuel in the slot, and then you have Terry McCorn at X, we're looking at a huge value here in the in the 15th round. He could easily get his way into top 36 wide receiver numbers if he, if he is... As good as as we want him to be now before we wrap up the video I want to do some honorable mentions I want to say I love Elijah Moore I love Rashad Bateman both of them I loved both of them before they got hurt now that they got hurt I think everyone's cooled off of them but here's the thing they were both going 25 picks ahead of Paris Marshall and Rondell Moore now I personally have when when we were doing the the pre-draft rankings I had Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, Terrace Marshall, Rondell Moore, and Elijah Moore, all in the same tier. I had Rashad Bateman a tier ahead of all of them, and I was scooping up a lot of Rashad Bateman before he got hurt. But we gotta trust the research we did in the winter and the spring. Why pay for Devonta Smith, Elijah Moore, Jalen Waddle in the top 100 picks when Terrace Marshall and Rondell Moore can be had rounds later? And again, I don't mind Elijah Moore, but at cost, I'm just more overweight on the wide receivers mentioned in this video. And I saw Danny from Stock Exchange, from the Fantasy Stock Exchange, show you guys that he's about that action that he has, you know, all of his money in these players. And I want to show you guys that I'm also invested in the players that I have mentioned, because I'm not going to go out here and give you guys Fugazi analysis. As you can see, Terrace Marshall is my most owned wide receiver on on underdog, followed by Diami Brown, and then Rondell Moore. All of them are up there through 200 plus drafts. And now if you want to take advantage of the ADP difference on these rookie wide receivers, hop on underdog and draft with me, make sure you go down there, deposit, $10. $10. When you sign up, use promo code Ron, you get $25 for free, you can hop on there, draft these rookie wide receivers, get ready for your home league drafts. I'm telling you, there's really sharp ADP here. And when you get into these drafts, they're much better than mock drafts because there's real money on the line. Now with that being said, now with that being said, that is the video. And if you enjoyed, make sure you go down below, leave a like, subscribe and let me know who your favorite rookie values are. You know, I might do a video about this on r- running backs. I don't know, maybe quarterbacks. Let me know what you think. As always, follow me at Ron underscore on Twitter. I'm going to be working on a video right now where I go over the running back dead zone. I'm really excited to get that video out, but I'm excited to do some really, really cool videos here in the upcoming days to weeks. So stay tuned. And as always, I'll see you guys in the next one. Shout out my mucus. Can you know that be my slime? Shout out my mucus. That again, that be my slime. That again, that be my slime. Slime, 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 slime. Watch this pussy hey. hey, hey, okay Naruto, Ninetale, Fox, Ho,